Hi there and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Kieran Thomas, and I wanna thank you so much for being here and being a proactive parent and getting the resources that you need to let your child live their most fulfilling and independent life possible. When my own son was diagnosed with autism, I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies and there was nothing else that we could do for him but manage his symptoms the rest of his life. But I didn't wanna do that. Fortunately, my background in craniosacral therapy Look, now 30 years, let me know that the brain can and does heal, but I didn't know that much about autism. What I did know is that I didn't want to just mask the symptoms with dangerous drugs. I wanted to find the causes and work with them naturally. And fast forward, it took me a decade and a lot of time and effort, but today my son is no longer diagnosable with autism after being told it could not happen. So I'm here to share with you valuable resources to save you the time and some of the expense that I had to spend to figure it out and to help you let your child lead to their best results possible. Every child's level of recovery is different, but we know that children who couldn't sleep through the night are sleeping now through the night and happily. Their immune systems are now strong where they were once sick all the time. Children who were nonverbal and their parents were told they could never speak are now speaking. Children who were getting D's and F's in school are getting A's and B's. And those that were so anxious all the time and couldn't sit still and, and were uncomfortable in their own bodies are now calm and happy and relaxed. And they're leading fulfilling and independent lives with friends. This is what we want for our kids. So I'm here to share the resources with you so that you can get the best results for your child the best possible. And you can start that right now with my free download of this top seven foods to eliminate beginning today of the top foods that are the most inflammatory and toxic that are contributing to those physical and behavioral symptoms of autism that your child is having. They're making his life uncomfortable. So you can get that right now at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods and feel free to share that with anybody you know who would be interested. And I will also link to it in today's show notes. There's of course a lot more than diet, but this is something you could start doing today that will begin to reduce those symptoms. And I'm happy to share everything I can with you. So right now, let's dive into today's episode. Hi there and welcome back once again. I uh, appreciate you being here and what you're doing for your child. And, you know, there's so many things that we have to do for autism, and it all starts with the gut. And people say, you know, if you're not familiar with what, why the gut is so important and why we start with diet, and you, again, you may have heard of casein-free, gluten-free, but that's definitely not enough. There's a lot more to it. The gut actually controls the brain, and up to 80% of the immune system strength comes from the gut. Our children also have something called leaky gut syndrome that they get from bad bacteria like candida and even parasites that have been in there and actually bored little holes in the lining of the intestines. And that allows undigested foods to get into the bloodstream. And then the immune system now sees those, those foods as a toxic agent to react to. So every time your child starts eating that food, now it'll have some type, they can have some type of re allergic reaction because the immune system has put out markers to flag for that to happen. So you're noticing your child has more allergies. You might also notice that their behaviors have gone awry. 
Uh, there are neurotransmitters, which are brain messengers, and they're made in the gut and things you may have heard of like serotonin and dopamine. And they are responsible for things like mood regularity, for a, being able to stay calm and balanced moods for sleep regulation and sleeping well, appetite satiety, and also our ability to focus and concentrate. So these are just a few of the things that these neurotransmitters, these brain messengers that are made in the gut are responsible for in the brain. So again, you're seeing it all starts with the gut. We have to remove, of course, the top inflammatory foods, You've heard about gluten and casein, the proteins in dairy and wheat. And there are, yes, lots of studies out to show that that actually is a fact. So if anybody ever tells you that it doesn't matter or won't make a difference, that is wrong. And either what you'll see changes in your child's behavior or physical health shortly, or over time you will, because that lining of the gut takes a while to heal. And I know that there's picky eating issues. And I have a guide to help you, of course, with my, my food guide and the new, the new diet program that I'll be releasing soon. So make sure that um, you at least start with the seven food guide, the top foods to eliminate, to reduce those inflammatory foods from being in your child's gut and causing their body to that inflammation to weaken the intestinal lining. Plus, there are things like glyphosate and other toxins on the foods that will also disrupt the gut. And of course, there are other co-infections we've talked about before, mold, Lyme, other issues like that. So this, the food guide is at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods. That's the number seven in foods with no spaces in between. And you can get it and start reducing those foods right now. Today, I want to talk a little bit further and go deeper with you because there are other chemicals in uh, that are even in healthy foods that are really unknown to a lot of parents. So you may be seeing other symptoms in your child that continue. We've talked in the past about histamines, which are a very big deal for children with autism. Most of our kids have histamine intolerance. The brain and the gut will release histamines as a reaction to uh, any type of, of foreign agent or anything it sees to react to when it's in defense. But what happens is that uh, our body can't, their bodies can't regulate the amount of histamine. And then they have this overreaction of them. And you might see things like heightened anxiety, trouble sleeping, a lot of nervousness, and of course, maybe even hives or rashes and things like that. Well, some of the things I'm going to talk about today are oxalates, salicylates, and phenols. And they may be the culprit of new physical and emotional symptoms as well. And they also trigger histamine reactions. And I'll link to a past episode I did on histamines because you, you need to really know to dive much, much further into histamines as well. They can trigger histamine intolerance and lead to many unwanted symptoms. A low histamine, low oxalate, low salicylate, and low phenol diet, along with support for detoxification, including liver support and healing the gut and balancing candida, are all crucial. Below, or we're going to go into some of the guidance and education for you, uh, and I'll link to some things in the show notes for you as well, but there's some enzymes that can even be helpful along the way. Anything that can help your body to digest some of these foods that are, again, in healthy foods, so we want to heal their body so that the body can naturally start resuming and being able to eat healthy foods. Now, 
When I say healthy foods, I'm not talking about gluten and casein. A lot of people say, well, can't my child start drinking cow's milk again or, or eating wheat? Well, if you really start educating about wheat and dairy, and I can link to episodes I've done, especially one on gluten in the brain, they're very, very unhealthy for us in many ways. And so they're not actually a healthy food anymore, especially since our crops have become so tainted. They have a lot of chemicals on them. And they also have, um, they're again, they're very inflammatory foods. They also have net sugars and they create opiates in the body like the opiate drugs. So there's much more to know about this. You really don't want your child to start eating them again in the future. And you'll notice the changes in your child when you remove them and you finally go through the whole picky eating thing, which yes, I can assist you with. But when you finally have gotten through that to some degree and the gut starts to heal, then your child becomes much less of a picky eater because the gut, they're, they're, for one, they're, they're addicted to many of the foods that are bad for them, the sugars and the carbohydrates in them and the, the bad bugs in their gut like candida that crave those sugars and need them to thrive on. When we stop feeding them to them, then they actually can get into, you know, we've talked about die off in the past, die off symptoms where their body will, you know, they'll start to, those bad bacteria are dying and they start to release more toxins. So you want to be able to support the system that way as well. They with some toxin binders and other things. So that is very important to remember because as you change the diet alone, your child will be starting detoxification. This isn't just going on to detoxification supplements and things that we're going to be working with it further along down, down the road. But right now, stage one in healing the gut starts with diet and you will notice behavioral changes sometimes for the worse before it gets better because your child will have some of these extra toxins being released into their body as the bad bacteria we're trying to get rid of are being killed off from these diet changes, not feeding them what they need. So then they're starving out, which is what we want. Again, going back to making sure you're supporting their system. Oxalates are in many foods, even healthy ones. They form an organic compound called oxalic acid, and it's capable of creating oxalic oxalate crystals. Now, this is really common because in people who have kidney stones, these crystals are can cause a lot of health-related uh, issues, and they are very, very toxic. Oxalates are attached to heavy metal, attracted to heavy metals too, which we know our children have heavy metal toxicity, and they can trap them in the body and cause more toxicity. So oxalates can be found in things like soy and chocolate and nuts, as well as popular health foods like curly kale or spinach or arugula or berries or broccoli even. Candida overgrowth makes it harder for your body to rid itself of these oxalates. And again, we know our children with, with autism have candida overgrowth. It's a fact in their gut is they, they just have that overgrowth. So we have to make sure that we're balancing that candida or yeast and getting it in check. An inability to fully digest fat or a diet high in saturated fats can also make it harder for your body to get rid of oxalates. And then candida makes the problem worse by transforming excessive collagen in the diet into oxalic crystals. And these crystals can cause pain. You can help your body fully eliminate tox oxalates by helping to control candida overgrowth, restoring gut health with good bacteria found in things like probiotics. 
I do say sometimes fermented foods, but I'm very, very cautious with fermented foods. And I want to note that here for you because they are very commonly triggering histamine reactions with kids uh, and with, with many people. So it's very common. So just be aware of that. You could take lipase enzymes to help with fat digestion because um, when the liver is not working properly, which is the organ of detoxification, and it's often not working properly in children with autism, and the gallbladder works along with the liver. So when the liver is backed up as it is with toxins, and then the gallbladder can't function properly, we can't properly digest fats because the gallbladder releases bile that has a lot to do with that fat absorption, fat digestion. So just know that, um, that they go hand in hand and then that can be an issue with, with ox oxalates as well. You could steam high oxalate foods such as spinach and kale for as little as, little as a couple of minutes and it can remove some of the oxalates or the oxalic acid, but always remember to throw out the cooking water because it contains the oxalate. So when you steam one of these, the water is then going to have the these toxins released into it. So make sure you throw it down the drain. Nobody drinks it. And uh, also be sure to always give your child very, very small amounts of anything new, any new food uh, that, or anything you think might be triggering them with their symptoms, physical or behavioral, and start around with as little as like a tablespoon of something. And that way you can kind of start, you know, you know, gauging along the way if your child has any symptoms to that or reactions to that, or if they seem to be fine with it. Because again, even healthy foods can contain some of these problematic issues for them while their gut is still not well. Oxalates can be a hidden source of headaches, urinary pain, genital irritation, joint and muscle pain, intestinal or eye pain, and other common oxalate-caused symptoms can also include mood conditions, anxiety, sleep problems, weakness, and uh, also burning feet, which is an interesting one too, if their feet seem to hurt. And why are some of the, why are some foods high in oxalates? Well, oxalates are nat natural compounds found in vegetables, fruits, nuts, and grains. And some examples of foods that are highest in oxalates include green leafy vegetables, soy, almonds, potatoes, even tea, rhubarb, cereal grains, and beets. And uh, I'll give a list to some of the higher oxalate foods in the show notes, but uh, there's a long list of them. So just be aware that they're in a lot of foods. And again, to start really slowly with just a tablespoon of two or two of something new as you're shifting and changing your dietary needs to see if your child might be having a reaction to it or if they're already having reactions and you think maybe it's a food that they've even been eating for a long time, start to slowly reduce that food from their diet and see if you notice changes. An additional aspect of food to be aware of are salicylates. These same chemicals in aspirin are found in some plant sources and the liver again processes out salicylates. And since the liver is congested in children with autism, it's common for them to have sensitivities. Symptoms associated with salicylates are uh, things like uh, inflammation in the sinuses and nasal passages, asthma, stuffy nose, breathing difficulties, hives and lethargy. And people with salicylate sensitivity may also report GI problems such as diarrhea, nausea, nausea, or even vomiting. 
And some of these symptoms, again, I've just mentioned, but uh, there are a long list of them. There's hives, there's blood sugar issues, there's yeast infections, fatigue, muscle and joint pain, depression and anxiety, insomnia or sleep issues. So foods high in salicylates include legumes, which are like lentils and beans. Some vegetables also contain them as cauliflower and pick pickled vegetables. Fruits such as strawberries, plums, watermelon, and raspberries also, and some cereals and grains such as buckwheat, oat, and corn also contain them, as do many herbs and spices. So I'll list again to some higher oxalate foods in the show notes for you. Um, but just know, for example, millet is a high, highly digestible food, but it does not, but does, does contain salicylates, which can be okay if your child is not sensitive to them. So sometimes when you give your child a food, a little bit of something might be okay, but too much of it will not be. So this is when parents are always, you know, asking me, what can I give my child instead of gluten as a replacement? Well, I usually say if your child doesn't have a nut allergy, coconut flour and almond flour are wonderful. If you want to get a little bit of carb in them because they are fatiguing on the, the, the low, low carb diet, uh, then you can give a, a little bit of maybe cassava flour. But these things, any of those can be replaced in any recipe one-to-one. -one. So if you have a recipe that calls for a cup of wheat flour, just replace it with a cup of, of coconut flour. And you'll learn over time what your child will, will eat. And it's about kind of getting creative with their picky eating and switching over and making dietary transitions. So just remember all of these things too. And watching for symptoms in your child whenever you give something new. And especially, this includes not just food, but supplements, natural supplements, and medications. Because medications are very commonly uh, containing salicylates too. And food dyes. So be, be very aware of food dyes because they're very, very dangerous for children. Uh, for anybody, actually. They can cause a lot of mood disorders. They can the create, they have uh, heavy metals in them. Uh, they're very, very problematic for the brain. So just be aware of that. Phenols, lastly, are natural colorings in foods such as fruits and vegetables, which are normally good. They have higher antioxidants like blueberries. But these phenols sometimes are very sensitive in some people. Make sure you're not ever doing artificial colorings as well. They're very common in yogurt and candy and popsicles, and they help you know, they're also in, you know, salicylates and phenols are also in plastics or plastics are in phenols. They can be an allergen, whether from food or plastic again. So people with poor methylation, like our children with autism or poor detoxification pathways are often phenol sensitive. And it's common for children on the autism spectrum to be allergic to phenols. And this is often due again to that ill digestive tract, which we again start by healing, by changing the diet. And it's much more than gluten and casein. So do remember that. Normally the body could properly utilize and eliminate phenols. Phenols and salicylates are in most foods, but candida and yeast overgrowth and leaky gut contribute to phenol sensitivity. And leaky gut will allow these chemicals to enter the bloodstream, as I've previously mentioned at the beginning of today's episode, in high concentrations. So this again, alarms the body, the immune system to trigger that immune response to these foods, which then creates an, a higher allergy to these chemicals, 
So they become more and more sensitive, sensitive to them. Proteins even contain salicylates or sulfites. I'm sorry. Proteins contain, sulf, contain sulfites, which turn to sulfates in the body. So this is, there's a chemical you know changeover in the body that it's important to know that happens. So protein, of course, is a healthy food and we need to eat it, but sulfates assist with detoxification and digestion in a positive way but that a lot of people can have problems with something called sulfation. And I've interviewed uh, one of the top experts in this, Dr. Stephanie Seneff, who is an MIT professor. And she, uh, she and I discuss sulfates in detail and how you can learn more about those because it basically is another type of another word for, like we say, methylation and sulfation. And basically just moving it all toward the direction of knowing it has to do with poor detoxification pathways. We need to not only heal the gut, but we have to support and strengthen those detox pathways, especially before we move for, forward even further into more of the detox type of supplements and the fighter supplements where we're really targeting candida directly. So that should be done again later on. In my membership program, I don't even get into that, the fighters more until until almost module two. So we're months into the program sometimes because we have to make sure that your child doesn't go into a heavy die-off reaction. And, you know, there are binders and minerals and other things that can help support this process. But we have to do this in stages very, very slowly uh, with your child because otherwise you could end up with this big die-off reaction where they have their symptoms get really, they can be very aggressive or even violent. Their, their sleep can get worse. They could have heightened anxiety, uh, trouble focusing where maybe they were focusing better before. And also, you know, uh, more problems with, you know, just more GI problems or anything. These problems that they've had, you think, well, this, this diet or these changes I'm making are supposed to make my child better, but they're making them worse. They're not the changes aren't making your child worse. It is that your child's body is beginning to detoxify. And as it releases more toxins into the system, then those toxins now are more of a burden and an overload on your child's body. The liver and the detox pathways are already backed up and working poorly. And so your child's body doesn't have the ability to properly process these out fast enough. So there's this buildup of new toxins in their body. And then what happens is that's where you see these physical symptoms, you know, rashes. You can see uh, they'll get a lot of um, other physical and behavioral. They might have flu-like symptoms, fever, uh, again, these heightened emotions that I talked about, anxiousness, sleep problems, aggression, um, all of these things, they might have increased stimming, very common with children with autism. So we want to do this slowly and safely. There is a, a you know, a really, um, you know, as I say, it's my four stage framework and, and starting to heal the gut and starting with the right diet and a proper full diet is very, very important because there are so many things to know about with food. And again, I'll link to my show notes for this uh, episode I did with Dr. Sinef on sulfation to learn more about that. But basically it's about those detox pathways needing more support before we can really move forward uh, too quickly. So it's always important to remember to go very, very slowly with autism recovery. And this is about, again, to regain health 
And whenever we're doing any type, type of a detoxification type of program, before we get to moving on to the co-infections and other things that, of course, we need to work with for optimum benefits in autism recovery, we need to start here in the beginning. And I have parents that have come in in my program and they have been on the journey for maybe over 20 years. Their child is in their mid, late 20s, early 30s. And they are still having, I have them still go back to square one because they're with all of this that I'm mentioning, because there are so many pieces that they never knew to have in to their protocol before. They were never given proper guidance. They were never given thorough guidance. And this is the word that I'm all about is being thorough. We're looking for the underlying root causes of everything that's going on for your child with autism. We don't want to just do a little bit of diet and a little bit of detox and then just wonder why they're not getting better. You fall short of results that you could have gotten and your child plateaus. And so this is why I want to help you make sure that you have all the right resources and you're really able to uh, properly work with your child. You know what you're doing. You have the guidance. And I definitely help you with this in my programs. And so they they are offered to you, of course. Um, but what I want to make sure that you're knowing about here right now today is we're talking about these, these chemicals and these foods that again can be healthy foods and we wanna make sure that your child can utilize them properly because not only do they need to of course absorb the nutrition from the foods that they're eating so their body is not starving for that nutrition which means their brain and their bones and their, their blood is starving for the nutrition it needs to function for their whole body. But we have to go in stages with our kids. They're so sensitive and we have to make sure that we're, we're doing each step accordingly and remember, it is never, you know, trying to keep up or hurry up with autism recover. It is ev recovery. It is every child's level of recovery is different. And this is why parents need to know that you're working with your child. You're the one at home. You're not, there's not a practitioner in your home 24 seven with you or anybody else for that matter. Even when I guide everybody, I'm, I'm here in my giving you guidance and leading you through the steps, especially of course, my membership program where everybody has all the guidance and the steps they need. But it's important to know that you have to have the knowledge as a parent, as a parent. And that's why my whole goal is to mentor you and make sure that you are as educated as possible so that you know what you're doing. And then hopefully you have my step-by-step -step plan to follow as well because it's very important to know that you want to be able to get your child to their optimum results. And again, not fall short of results or have them get so much worse along the road to recovery that you had the hardest time to go back and start, you know, get them back even where they were before. It is a very slow and steady process, but it's very, very important. And it begins again with, of course, at my, you know, with, with diet. So Please get my free food guide, naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods. It's number seven in foods. And um, I'm building even more uh, things for you to, to offer you support. So make sure that you are on my email list, that you stay informed of what I'm sharing, because uh, I have, I've always wanted to make sure that I'm supporting you in the best ways possible for where you're at right now. And so that's why I am extending some of the things and, and building some new uh, programs and other things for you along the way here um, that uh, that will some things will be released very soon. 
And uh, of course, there is my membership program as well. And that you can learn more about, uh, which is right on the homepage of my website at naturallyrecoveringautism.com. But it's important to, to know to have the, not only to have the right path, of course, but also know how to work that path. Like, how do you work a plan when you have it? You don't go home with a whole handful of supplements or something and then try and figure out what to do because you, you know, so practitioners sent you home with a handful of things that, you know, your child should never start more than one thing at a time that you do one thing at a time and you do it very slowly. And I know we get eager and we want to jump forward, but it's so important to make sure that we are doing it on their timeline for their own safety and for the long-term best results. And so it's easier on you as a parent, because I know those challenges. I've lived through it. If you go too fast and you go into a big die-off reaction, your child can get a little wild and even scary at times. You don't want that to happen and they don't want it to happen. Know that your child's not an angry child, that they will often have, these are underlying symptoms caused by the toxins and the inflammation on their brain. So those are important things to always keep in check and remember. There are these, these oxalates, salicylates, and phenols uh, can also be a culprit behind why your child is not um, getting better or why their symptoms remain. And you might think, well, if I had my child on gluten-free and casein-free for a long time, and that's wonderful. You should. But no, there are more, and I give give a list of them to you in my my food guide. And um, and there's more work to be done, of course, because it's never just one thing in autism recovery. This is, you know, basically something that can take multiple years, but it's worth it. It is so worth it. It took me ten years to recover my son from his symptoms of autism, but it was my love and honor for him that kept me going, and I just was not willing to give up until. I got what I knew could be his best life possible. And today his symptoms are gone. Even when I was told it was not possible. Today his symptoms are gone. He's happy. He's healthy. He lives independently. He's a college graduate. He lives with two of his best buddies. Yes, he's got great friends now. He's got a couple of his great friends that he lives with. He's two hours away from me. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't need me anymore. But, uh, but we're very, very close. And you know, it's important to understand that, you know, there is a better life for your child and whatever their full potential is, that's the, this is what I want to help you gain. I don't want you seeing falling short of results because this is about your child's life and their overall well-being. And we want them to be able to share their, their gifts with the world because we know how brilliant they are. And we also want them to be happy as well as healthy and, you know, be able to hopefully live an independent life without us if we're not here someday. And so this is something to help, you know, gain the progress that you deserve to gain. And so do they. So I'm grateful that you're here. I have resources always to share with you to help you on this uh, on this recovery process and to help you with your child and support you because I know how hard it is to find support and how many parents are, are you know, out there feeling like they're alone. Well, you're not alone anymore, and um, I'm happy to be here for you, and I hope this is helpful. And if you do a quick favor, if this has been helpful, and the resources I share with you are helpful, if you could go on to your favorite uh, platform that, you know, whatever it is that you listen to it for streaming, and uh, and you give it give my podcast episode even a, a, a review, hopefully a five-star review, if you give me a, a good review, 
uh, it helps others to find these resources as well. And we help each other in our community. And that is helpful if you can do that to help support others to find me as easily, uh, more easily as well. Um, because hopefully, again, this these resources I share with you are helpful for you on this journey. And I really look forward to continuing this journey with you and hoping to see you get the very best results possible to help your child live to their full potential. Thanks again for being here. Take care and I will see you again very soon.